0: Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. When Heather Jackson was here to talk about She Loves Me, we started talking about designs and designers because she's a designer. Who designs? We joined the conversation already in progress. The show is never really finished. We never really stop working on shows. They're just As somebody said, shows aren't finished, they're abandoned, and it's absolutely True. At some point we just say, fine, like it's opening.
1: Yeah. I guess. You get that last few tech notes, you're just like, I I
0: can't I guess I I
1: I, I gotta give up on that
0: one. Because I'm literally out of time. I do that as a
1: designer all the time. There's always one thing that bugs me a little bit, but it's not pressing as anything else. And I get to like the, the second to last preview and I'm like, does that still really bother me? Yes. Am I gonna fix it? No.
0: I had that recently in one of the shows I just did. There was a prop that was wrong. And I kept giving notes about it, and I kept asking about it, and it kept being like, "Yeah, yeah," but it was so low priority. It was super, super low priority, and it just never got fixed. And it also, I forgot about it. Yeah. I was just like, "I've noted this four times. I can't keep bringing this up. It's not that big. We have other things."
1: I would say it's usually my personal notes. It's usually not a note I'm getting from the director that I don't do. Well, no, I <laughs> was I giving even... these
0: are as the playwright. Yeah. I'm giving these notes to the director, who is then including them in a list of. But like, we have especially in non-ec productions. Yeah, you got, you've got a thousand oh, things yes. and they have to be prioritized <laughs> and like we had other things that you needed to be dealt with. We had actual things that people like didn't exist that needed to exist before we replace something <laughs> that isn't perfect with something that would oh, be better. Yes. And it just we got to opening and I was watching the show and I went, "Oh. Okay. All right, well, never mind. I guess yeah yep is what it is like that oh, is yeah. that's been wrong for a month and it's just gonna stay wrong well and, yeah
1: there's the notes that in- include like getting the clothes on the bodies right you know because i
0: should also point out nobody cared yeah, except exactly. me nobody cared nobody noticed <laughs> usually the notes, nobody brought it up those, yeah.
1: those undone <laughs> notes are usually the notes that like no one else
0: yeah oh and the director ever- apologized to me afterwards she's like i totally oh my god like i i like we did i was like no it, it is what it is it's fine it doesn't ruin anything no. it's just i'm i'm it just bugs me a little bit Little and you know mm-hmm. is that like it's also a very simple prop that I would have thought would have been easy to, anyway not a big deal um but these are the you know these are the thing now you've but when you design costumes just quickly looking at your yeah. at your website you design like you you do shows like period Shakespeare
1: I do a big little, stuff uh, you, yeah, yeah kind of across the board um I do I do a lot of stuff that's still like do it all yourself mm-hmm. uh, and I do a lot of Shakespeare. I'm a company member with the Chesapeake Shakespeare Company mm-hmm. in Baltimore, and I've worked with a few other companies. And yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. I did an opera or two and yeah. a couple of musicals. Yes, we've worked with some similar people. You've done operas for Nick Olcott. I have. I have. <laughs> I did a double header of the Orpheus musicals with him a couple of years oh, ago. Oh,
0: I can only imagine. (laughs) Overall, I had a great time on
1: those. They were fun pieces, uh, especially because they are so different. Because you have Gluck, Orpheus, and Eurydice. It is very beautiful and very serious and very sad. And then you have Orpheus in the Underworld. Uh, And this is where I will promptly forget the very famous composer's name. But it's the... Wacky, crazy, over the top one that ends with a can can in hell, which is Ooh. the can can music as we know it, is from him. Offenbach.
0: Oh, Offenbach. Yes. yes. I was going to say, that's Offenbach. That's, that's Offenbach. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I got that. there at the <laughs> end. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I know that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Gluck uh, and uh, Offenbach's two different, very different versions. Yeah. Uh, as a kind of a two act double header Oh, neat. Back to back. so Yeah. It was quite a piece. All right. <laughs> it, was, it was a a <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, opera. Well, opera is a whole other world, having worked in opera a little bit, enough to know that I don't want to do it anymore.
1: Uh,
0: it is also not a lot of room for a playwright in opera. But having worked tech in opera, it is like, especially costumes and sets, you are, you're up against it. it so how much of those, when you do something like like an opera, how much do you have to, bow to though this is the way this character is dressed because like when we did what did we do i can't remember if it was when we did tales of hoffman or we did butterfly but it was something of that level and there was a lot of discussion about no like this i think it was butterfly i think it was like certain characters have to look or have a certain thing about them and not the main like the main characters wear what they wear you know yeah. it's a naval officer and she's a geisha and it's a you know whatever but like the bonds in butterfly yeah. had to have a very specific look about him that i remember sitting in like these meetings and i'm i, I was doing a v tech like i was in charge of like the front of house camera mm-hmm. and the on and the, and the conductor cam like i wasn't i wasn't mm-hmm. involved in this but i remember these discussions getting feeling like this costume designer isn't being creative anymore they're having to replicate at that like there's a certain point where you cross yeah. that line and it's like you know like if you're doing the ring cycle and what's her name singing at the end like or near the yeah. end like she has to be wearing the big horned helmet otherwise we don't know where we are <laughs> unless your production is completely skewing that but right. like it feels like an opera even more than in musicals there are certain visual tropes that are Expected by the audience, or yeah. at least the produ- producers assume they're expected by I the audience.
1: Think it Really depends sometimes on the opera, but also on the production company. I haven't I haven't done as much as I'd like, mm-hmm. but I've 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 done a couple, and I've assisted on several. And I know there was one where a huge shift happened, including change of director, Ooh. because of something like that, where there was, um, they were going in a slightly more funky it was still period but it was like 60s like it was really gonna be fun and 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 then basically the opera company came back and said no this is our big headliner and right. our audience expects lush and we need to take it back to period and it was like a you know set in 16th yeah. century and we had to completely change the direction and it became an. and it was the designer could still design but they were then kind of stuck with the structure of you went from vintage clothing we could pull to building right, now gotta, 16th yeah, century my Italian budget. Renaissance. So sure. this and still kind of work with some of the same structures in a shorter timeline and suddenly have a lot more builds. It, so it kind of depends on the perspective because, yeah, mm-hmm. you can, if you're going to completely change it, there's one thing. Uh, if you're going to do it close enough to a period, you have to kind of take the recognizable nods. But I think it's always a conversation and a discussion. I don't think it has to be set in stone but if you're doing it, if you're doing anything that's loosely related to the traditional period of the show, you kind of have to make some of those gestures. And it, But it's the same thing. I would say it's the same thing in costuming any well-known work. Like you do children's theater or, or young people's theater and you do anything that's adjacent to The Wizard of Oz. There's tropes sure. you need to make oh, a sure. gesture at. You can manipulate them, but there's still a gesture. You do a Cinderella She's got to have a big gown and her shoes got to sparkle. Like, yeah. There are things. There are rules. There yeah. are rules uh, to doing it. And you can change it to a point. Mm-hmm. But if you have, especially if you have a traditional audience coming to an opera or you're doing uh, theater for and young people who are going to want to see these characters in a way they recognize, there has to be some sort of that gesture.
0: Yeah. It is tricky. I mean, it is the, it, it's tricky in every... And everything, and then, and also making the design not only work for what you want to do, but making the design work for the cohesive, the piece, and also the particular mm-hmm. vision of the piece you're working on when you're doing a revival or a remount, uh, or when you're doing an original, you're fighting with somebody like me. So <laughs> <saying, laughs> oh, I do a lot no, of. No, that's not what I was <laughs> intending, and we need to talk about this yeah. real fast. Just did um, a world
1: premiere play. Uh, yeah, uh, this past fall with Rep Stage. Okay, uh, and yeah, so we we had a lot of input from the playwright yeah along the way well you're gonna yeah you're gonna and i mean i've done devised work with companies so you you get that's a whole
0: other oh my gosh devised is a whole other conversation yeah yeah
1: but yeah yeah. there's always someone who has feedback and i guess it's always just a matter of whose feedback has the most weight depending on is it something that you're leaning towards an audience versus you're creating new work and you're responding to the playwright or you know a director who's done a piece before and has strong feelings about what it needs to be like it's kind of a matter of
0: well and that's why i i don't know what i i I go to everything i go to every meeting i go to every rehearsal uh and i don't do it i don't say a lot at most of them but i'm not there to be annoying (laughs) which is often like when i work with new directors i'm like listen i come to everything and like but i will always go through you that's always my thing with the directors like i will always give all my notes through you i'm not there to cause problems but i'm there in case we start down a road that is a hundred percent wrong. So that I can say before drawings have been made, before things have been bought, hang on, like we need to talk about mm-hmm. this. Not even say no, just be like, okay, hang on. I don't understand what everybody's saying right now. Right. So that I don't show up at a design run and look at something where I'm like, this is you're 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 way off. Where I wanted us to. B, how did we get here, yeah. you know, oh, and it's crucial to to sort of be like to stop those trains before they start, because once <laughs> they start, once the money's been spent, like I'm a, nine times out of 10, the answer is going to be super sorry. Yeah. Like we spent the money. Like, what do you want us to do? Unless you're just like you're stripping it away. And then it's like, OK, well, we don't have to spend more money. So I guess that's OK. But if like you're like, no, no, this is all wrong. We need to go build new stuff. The answer is often going to be no, we can't. Mm-hmm. The show has a budget. And that's why I also spend a lot of time with my director before we get started in production, so that we have a rapport, hopefully, talking to each other, so that when the conversations come up, it becomes much more shorthand. It Mm -hmm. becomes much more like, it's like, okay, hang on, let's take a five, and I'm going to talk to Patrick, and we'll figure it out, and then come back, so it's not so much of a confrontation. Uh, Because that push and pull, I remember I directed a Young Young People's Theater production, it was like 12 years ago, and... um, I, I mainly at the time was working in film where you give very, very specific, you, as a director, your notes are super specific and that's what's expected. You're supposed to be like, this light has to be 20% brighter. This hem has to be 4% higher. Like, you're That's what the people want because you're giving practical notes usually. The design meetings happened months ago mm-hmm. and now it's like, no, listen, this literally doesn't fit over Like the location changed. This thing has to be different yeah. moving on and i was sitting on headset at the time and giving notes to to the the lighting designer up in the booth and saying things like no darker 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 okay there that's what it is and my artistic director like pulled me out i was like what are you doing like you don't don't do that yeah i said what do i say and it's like you say um i can't remember how it was phrased to me but it was so so amorphous Mm -hmm. and i'd be like we've got a Half a day to tech like it was a children's theater and rep like we were teching things back to back. I'm like we got half a day.
1: Yeah,
0: and I talked to the lighting designer afterwards. I was like, "Did I?" If, and then he was like, "No, that was what I." He's like, "You I wanted a spotlight in the middle of the stage on a cauldron," and I was like, "No, it's too bright because I didn't want to see anything around it." It was like, "Black darker dark, dark great," and he's like, "No, that's exactly what I want." So, it, but it, that's the problem is it depends on the designer mm-hmm. and you, the AD and you, the director and you, and the other people. Like it's such a weird political (laughs) everyone's got to be everyone's got their thing to do and everyone was hired to be creative and do their thing but how everyone likes to get notes and what everyone thinks they're getting notes on is very Mm -hmm. very different but i think i wonder if costume like i wonder what you think about this like uh, costumes to me feels like it's it's an it's a, a department apart in the sense that This is a weird, like, there are so many people who can go out and buy clothes for people. Mm -hmm. That's one job. And there are people who can sew. And there are people who can buy clothes and modify them. Those are three different talents, right? And I know very few people who have all of them who aren't working at a high level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you say, like, company member, like, even whatever level you're at, it seems to me based on the work I've seen (laughs) online, it's a pretty high level. But so when you work in a lower level, like the costume designer is often hired very late and is often a super crapshoot because someone will be like, yeah, I can do costume design. And they go, great, you're the costume designer. And then the director comes out and be like, okay, we need this, that, this, and that. And the guy, oh, no, I, I, can, I can shop for clothes. And I know like different periods. If mm-hmm. you say this is a 60s thing, I know what yeah. those clothes appropriate are. But a costuming to me feels unlike any other department in that sense where there are so much skill required, technical skill required, in addition to an artistic eye, that finding someone who can do both of those things well is really, really rare.
1: It's a it's it's definitely a challenge, and there's different perspectives on it, and uh, it's a conversation we have a lot because I also work part time with the University of Maryland, where mm-hmm. I did my MFA, and uh, when talking to grad students and or recruiting grad students, but there's different mentalities of it because yes, to be working consistently primarily as a designer, you eventually are largely designing and sourcing and shopping to a point but someone is also doing some of the shopping for you and people Mm -hmm. are doing the crafts for you and you're actually challenged to think bigger than you know your skill set is because you then people who have more skill than you but to be a mid-range living designer you're probably still doing shows where you are doing some of the work yourself Mm -hmm. i definitely am Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm kind of doing that balance of working some with shops and some on my own and also making sure that you know when we're talking to young designers or training young designers that that they either think they have to have a heavy technical background and go to a tech school or they have none of it. Like there's kind of an extreme where they think they need both or they don't, or they just become a designer who just designs and doesn't have any of that background and training. Uh, A a lot of the kind of big design schools are training students to go into the regional theater rep structure Mm -hmm the focus of your actual time in the school is on the design process, how you think, how you render, how you communicate, uh, how to understand fabric, how to talk about it, but not necessarily how to work with it. Mm-hmm. But you still do need that skill set Cause if you're going to just get a job when you're right out of school, you're probably going to be doing a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is de- also a struggle because it's a field in which is on the lower end of the departments that add in staff. So you'll be at a theater that has a tech director and, several scene shop people and a lighting engineer who's helping with the light hang and focus for the lighting designer. But there's no sh- costume shop. Mm-hmm. Like there's that gap where mm-hmm. that's still an understaffed position. And that's an industry wide challenge that walking into the room and saying, no, I want to be a tech table and I want to be in the room and I want to take notes. I'm not going to be sitting in the costume shop sewing. Right. Uh, it's, it's a definitely a different structure and it's changes with every theater you work at, mm-hmm. and, you know, do the whole gamut from my walk in and hand, my ideas to someone and still like go to every fitting and obviously have my hand in it. And it is kind of in your part because you're kind of doing this little bubble over here for a large part of the process that is very removed from everybody who's in the space working. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it can feel like that's set apart, but it is not the same. Like there's this wonderful organic understanding that like, Anything that needs to be plugged in, we get that's complicated. Like, you know, tech me was like, oh, yeah, like sound and lights, we get it. We need speakers and we need lights and that's going to be expensive and that's a specific skill Mm set. But props and costumes both – and props really gets a super short shrift, but props – I know there are props people who can build and build really well, oh, but I also know a lot of props people who love the challenge of going to find things and then yes. building the thing to make. Like it, 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 it. So it kind of grows organically out of that tech theater world, where mm-hmm. it's like, no, I'm really good at going to find the thing yeah. and like build the thing and or turn the thing into what we need to be. Um, whereas costumes is like clothes, like yeah. that's how some people approach it. Like, no, it's just the clothes, and it's not. It. I mean, yes, it is literally clothes. But the difference between clothes and a costume is
1: yes, is it's massive. Huge. Yeah. I I've had a, this conversation a lot recently and I had a really a really great conversation with uh, a amazing sound designer and composer that we were working on a show together. And I think sound probably gets like the lowest yes. support system, definitely. Yeah. I, and and we were comparing notes and she was empathizing so we were doing a contemporary modern dress show, but she had done these beautiful musical score pieces for it. And she's like, "Well, if it's just music people recognize or just sound effects, the sound design gets no credit. Mm. Uh, and if it's and she's like, but if it's contemporary clothes, the costume designer gets no credit. And people come in and see a show mm. and you're right. They look at it and their clothes that have come from a store, therefore, where is the design? And it is almost 10 times harder to do that contemporary show because we all have a recognizable identification of what clothes mean culturally. Better mm-hmm. to the people we see on the street today yes. than 200 years ago. And so and it's, it's unspoken and it's unspoken and the fit matters so much more because it has to look like these people live in these clothes. They fit them that they bought them. Mm-hmm. So we can't force someone into something that doesn't suit their body type, but still just says something about the character. Mm-hmm. So it is often more complex. But I would say I did four contemporary shows back to back to back. And I think one or two reviews on one or two of those shows mentioned the costumes and listed all the other designers because they're just close. We clothes.
0: see it at awards every year yeah. where it, it's most costumes <laughs> you know yes <laughs> it's most that's a, like a, that's what i always say about when people talk about oscar predictions i'm like just what, what's gonna win best visual effects which movie had the most visual effects of the list yeah. that's what's gonna win because you can see it mm-hmm. we can award the thing where i'm like oh that's a cost like and there's it's a term costume drama i mean it's a it's a whole thing where half the reason you're going is to see, see the clothes the mm-hmm. and yeah, I am always much more impressed, like you say, where people walk out on stage wearing something contemporary that feels organic to the character and to the setting, but doesn't necessarily feel like... Because it's the problem with own clothes, which we, we do a lot of own clothes productions in our as we're coming up, and that's fine. It's something we can do. People have clothes that fit them. Mm-hmm. They need to wear clothes that fit them on the stage. But that's what it looks like. It looks like a bunch of people wearing their own clothes. It looks kind of like a rehearsal. Whereas like once you see a bunch of people wearing contemporary clothes that are never anything they would wear in real life, but is absolutely something that that character would wear, you understand the difference. But the problem is you need to have an innate understanding of the actor as a person (laughs) and then we're into a whole other other thing. Yeah. And it is it is what it is. And it it gets. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and the sound designer you spoke of is absolutely right that it's like no one notices unless you mess up. I mean, if you mess up everyone notices average. yeah and so you're basically you're fending off criticism instead of instead of getting praise and that's sad but it is hopefully the people who pay you and the people who <laughs> will pay you in the future hear it and they go hey look at that like i like that i liked what that yeah. was and then
1: oh and you move from there largely yeah. the way it works uh, obviously in this field so. in general yes. but yeah like you know i i work repeatedly with the same people because yeah i deliver what they want and i mm-hmm. enjoy the process and as as i've said or someone said to me, it's the people you also en- who do good work who also enjoy spending twelve hours a day in oh, a room gotcha. with. Oh yeah. I you know ten
0: out of twelves are brutal. Oh they are. The people you can talk to when you are when you don't want to talk to anybody. Yes. I mean it's that thing of just being like I don't have any more politeness in my body anymore. And like so when you come to me and I know you and you have a problem. I know that you're not being annoying. <laughs>
1: and, and we've spent twelve hours and you know together, and we're gonna go out short. and get a drink afterwards right, to Exactly debrief. right. We can like, yes, we can there. detox and everything'll exactly. be
0: fine. Yes. And we can complain the about the person with. we don't know because they're the problem. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at Unknown Penguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Heather C. Jackson for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.